0: All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 106.3. On the FM dial, it's Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and a chance to win money coming up. Uh, that text-to-win promotion is back. We will do that a couple of times uh, during our program here today. We will get to it, oh, 1020, somewhere in that uh Uh, That window, and likewise in the 11 o'clock hour, you know the drill, 200-200. We'll give you the keyword, and we'll do that here a couple of times during our show. And then Murph and Andy, I've got one. The Fanatics, likewise, here today as this contest goes, I believe, until the end of July. Uh, So hopefully KXNO will have a couple of winners uh, during that period of time. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this on a Back to Work Tuesday Uh, Scott Dockerman will join us at the bottom of the hour, wrote a really informative piece, a piece that uh, a lot of people who grew up in eastern Iowa had no idea. What are you talking about? They played NFL football uh, in Iowa at that time? Yes, they actually did. And Scott Dockerman wrote about it. Uh, It's a good read. It's a long read. But uh, if you like football, if you like good journalism, uh, I believe you're going to enjoy that piece on the Rock Island Independents, who played in...
2: They were the Bears' first rival. The Bears. Did you read the piece? I have not read the piece, but I do know a little bit of the history. Years ago, I read a book um, talking about some of the greats of NFL lore. You know, guys back at the Bronco Nagurski. That was the biggest kind of component of it. And hearing the stories of that. And yeah, make their way to the Quad Cities to
0: play. Uh, 2000, or 201919, They were the world champions, the Rock Island <laughs> Independents. So we'll do some on that, but we'll do a lot on the Hawks and the Big Ten, uh, et cetera, with our friend Scott Dockerman. Matt Snyder's back from vacation. We will uh, toss the baseball around with Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com. He'll join us at 11.05. And then the i are back home. We'll want to get Randy Wehofer in for a couple of reasons. We'll want to find out about the team. We'll want to find out that there's anybody down here that looks as though they've got a major league talent uh, written all over them certainly cubs fans are hoping that's the case but it's also a pretty cool event uh, taking place uh at principal park tonight uh, the naturalization ceremony when a number of immigrants will be sworn in and become american citizens um i've always wanted to see it in one of these years darn it i'm going to get down there and just i want to sit and just look at the joy on their faces uh when they in some cases fulfill a uh, It makes their lives better to become an American, Um, and I want to watch it, and it'll happen tonight, and it's been going on for a while. I think I saw a piece uh, yesterday, 300 and just shy of 400 um, people have been sworn in as American citizens at Principal Park since they've been doing this. So we'll do that with Randy Wayhofer coming up about 11.30 or so as we take you until noon. Well, back at work on a Tuesday, a lot of sports to recap. Let's recap the weekend. First of all, it was—weather um, couldn't be any nicer, mm-hmm. right? Maybe a little cooler, but uh, you can't have everything. It was It was a really good weekend. And you know what? I think where the holiday fell on a Sunday— with the majority of us not having to go to work on a Monday and if the fireworks kept you up, which I'm assuming if you live in central Iowa, they probably did. Yep. But then last night, I mean, could you imagine if last night was the fourth and back to work today? Oh, yeah. That's going to be the case in 2022. So the, where the where the holiday fell was great. And it was loud. And there was a lot of folks, Trent, at least seemingly to me, uh, just maybe missed last year. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, for, well, <laughs> for a multitude of reasons. No, <laughs> only one major reason, the pandemic and wanted to get out and... And celebrate the uh, the country's birthday, and man, they did.
2: In a big time way. Oh, gosh. So we kind of tried to do a little bit of everything because we missed it last year. And last year would have been Jack's first 4th of July, first 4th out. <laughs> didn't get to do the parade. Didn't get to go to the pool. Didn't get to play outside in the sprinkler. So we did it all. Nice. It was just one of those weekends. Our, our friends invited us out to the country club, got to go there. They always have rides set up for the kids. That was Des awesome. Golf?
0: Yeah. That's yeah, nice, isn't it? Really, really cool Is the pool
2: open? Maybe maybe for some people, right. not not for people like us, right. but got a chance to go out there, and, and as always, thanks to the Jarks for inviting us, because it's a great time, awesome for the kids. Free rides, I mean, just hop on, perfect. don't need a ticket, just get on mm-hmm. and do the rides. We did everything. We hit it all, got to have a couple of beers, got to sit in the sun, got to sit in my kiddie pool in the backyard with my shirt off, and perfect. nobody had to see me. It was absolutely the embodiment of a perfect 4th of July weekend. It almost feels like one of those weekends. Why can't we just make it that roving holiday like we have for Labor Day and Memorial Day instead of actually being on the 4th of July? Mm. That first Monday of July every year you get off, you know, something like that. Because the three-day weekend, it was perfect.
0: No, it really was. It was was a fun time. Fireworks were good. Uh, You couldn't miss them. I I mean, I sat and looked out the living room window, went on my driveway, and... It's just honestly, Trent. I got tired of it. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. I mean, how long can you watch, right? And it was like, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody for doing. I have fun. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me one bit. But it was just almost too much. Yes. Like after thirty, forty minutes, it's like, well, what, what's going to change, right? There's going to be an explosion in the sky. It's really cool. But um yeah, it was fun. It was really, it was, it was a lot of fun.
2: Kind but, of weekend that. Well, it felt like we all needed it
0: right, yes, absolutely, well put, I and think we all needed it.
2: seeing the videos of people younger than me having a little more fun you know mm-hmm. doing those kind of things, and good for them, I just, smoking meat right yeah grilling right, whatever
0: you drinking beer, uh, yeah, whatever your uh, idea of Americana in a perfect weekend was, I saw a lot of people uh, celebrated their perfect weekend,
2: people out on boats, people doing their thing. did you see the
0: picture? Of the lake, I get such a kickoff. You go into the lake, Okaboji, with the boats oh, yeah. side by side by side. So- you could barely see water. Mm-hmm. It looked like a car dealership. You know where they put the cars. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was who had was it? Randy Peterson tweeted it. I don't know who. Oh God, I wish I could. Maybe it was a register piece. But my God, I've never seen anything like it. There was no water real estate to be
2: had. I saw the same kind of things, and I, I saw them Clear Lake too. It just boat by boat by boat, and just the party and that was happening and everything yeah. else. Last year, you know, there were still people doing things, sure. right? But it just felt different. Mm-hmm. And regardless of what side of the aisle you were sitting on, it there, I think there was a thought for all of us: is eh, all right. This one though. No. Open it up, yeah, and it was opened up in a big time way. It was perfect. It, it really was as good of a weekend without having a big trip attached to it. You know, right? Having, right. It right. was just a fun weekend, and there's plenty of good sports too, though. From a Cubs perspective, <sighs> very disappointing. Throw dirt on them. Oof. Felt like we were going to put dirt. Also on Montreal. right? Good for them last night. As late in it, it looked like mm-hmm. it was going
0: to be over. Well, uh, when the big rig, Pat Maroon scored to tie it up a fourth liner at two apiece, you thought. And then Kucherov hit the post inside the waning seconds of the third pier. Uh, and was probably a couple of minutes left. And then uh, Shea Weber gets a four-minute penalty, two minutes seemingly. I think there was, oh, I don't know, we'll say two minutes left in the third period and it carried over mm-hmm. with that Tampa Bay power play. I thought, oh, no, not like this, Montreal. You're going to go out with your best player uh, in the penalty box. Um, but they survived it, and uh, Josh Anderson scored a second of the night, and we've got a Game 5 back in Tampa Bay. I'm good with it. Look, I thought it would be a sweep. Mm-hmm. I thought that, um, not that I wanted to be proven right, but uh, because more hockey's good. But the Cubs were not good. And no. if you want to go there, Trent, that's now ten in a row. And the fact that we're seeing, I, I guess, I means Eric Sogard's awful, right? Mm-hmm. He's not a good player. No, but you know what? He'll go in in a blowout and, and, and at least eat some innings, which is is maybe his role on this team. But boy, oh
2: boy, remember. They had a no hitter to start the road trip. The I do Combined no hitter. It was a four gamer against the Dodgers, and what a way to kick it oh, off! Absolutely, you get a no hitter. Yep. Here they go. They already swept the Dodgers early this season. Mm-hmm. They're trending back in the right direction. They're going to figure it out. Got their number. Mm. Three in a row. Yep. Six in a row. Yep. Ten in a row. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <sighs> that's uh, that. That's where we're at with this team. They can't get. Uh, they can't get timely hitting. Um, you bet it, you know Eric Sogard. Yeah, here's the number for you. Okay. Since June 24th, Eric's, June 24th. Okay. Eric Sogard has made four appearances out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Craig Kimbrell's made one. <laughs> there you go. I mean, he, really? You, you want you want to button it down to a very concise point?
0: Yeah. And, Cubs and, fans, that's all you need. And Kimbrel was not in a safe situation. Where did they throw him? They threw him in Cincy, Cincinnati the yeah. night, I think. Yep. Uh, and here's the here's the maybe the I mean Jake Arrieta pitches today. Good luck. Uh, Against Nola, who's really good. Yes, he is for the Phillies. Um, this team, this team is quite not going to um, look like it did to start the year, and so, very quickly.
2: Take it back to a month ago, even two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Barrios. We, we were we were fooled. <laughs> Scherzer. They were eleven games over five hundred, and the the bats had picked up, uh-huh. and the offense was doing enough. Yep. Starting rotation still wasn't great even at that time, but they were, again, doing enough. Well, the bullpen was unhittable. And it was unhittable. Yep. And the sustainability of these retreats, these right. not has-beens, a lot of never-knowns. Right. right. The sustainability is just not there. Uh-huh. And I think we're seeing that show up in a big-time way. That offense wasn't nearly as good as it looked for that four, five, six-week stretch. This is the reality of what this team is. The 10-game losing streak, no, they're not that bad. No, But this is about a 500-baseball uh-huh. team. Uh-huh. There's a reason that... What was their total before the year? Do you remember? 81.5, I want to say. I think it
0: was right around that was 500 Was it right around number? 500? Yeah. That would make sense, because I think the Cardinals were the favorite in the division. The Brewers and the Cubs, maybe a joint second favorite? Does that seem yeah, right? Yeah. Pittsburgh obviously was the uh, was the long shot in the division. Since he was... I mean, there must be a place we can go to and find that, right?
2: Uh, Jersey. This is an article from NewJersey.com, uh, which is what the um, post-Ledger, right? Newark. No, no. no. Newark Star-Ledger. Star-Ledger. Uh, and out there, they had them at 78.5 is where they opened wow. it. In, that was from MGM. Okay, so there's a chance.
0: that yeah. they, That's the team they were supposed to be.
2: This is a 500-ish mm-hmm. team. They are going to be a 500-ish mm-hmm. team. Depending on who and you said and I'm paraphrasing, but after
0: Memorial Day, come talk to us after June, mm-hmm. right, and this is it's June started well It did June started very well i mean June the first, I think both Chicago teams were in first place, were they not yeah. I remember think, I, I remember that being a talking point point on our show that both of the Chicago teams will begin this month in first place, Yeesh. now. It's and you over. know what? The White Sox don't look like the shiny uh, toy that they did a couple of weeks ago either.
2: Because saying their praise is saying, this team can win the World Series. Yeah, I don't know. Not this team we've seen the last no. few weeks. And look at their record against teams that are good. Right. Yeah, it's one thing to and beat those up Those are the
0: teams, by the way, play in October. Right.
2: Beat the Tigers and the They're Twins. Kids. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty easy. And the Royals. Mm-hmm. But when you have to go out and you have to beat the Rays, well, we already saw. Yep. That hasn't gone very well. Mm-hmm. I think they struggled against the Red Sox, if I remember right. I think they played them both in May and June. Had struggles there, the Yankee series. Well, are the Yankees a good team? It's kind of another Ugh, question because yeah. they've had their own set of questions. Yeah, the White Sox—they're going to coast to this division. The Indians—I still wonder if they're going to end up selling. You see Reyes last night; he went off for them. He had a huge performance. He's one of those pieces that can go. They got beat though, did they not? They did. Yeah. yeah. Be- Bieber—the high-scoring game I want to. Bieber can get healthy. You yeah. know, they're overall, though the record says, hey, they're still in it. You kind of look at the totality of that team. It just—it's very difficult to buy. So White Sox will coast in, but we're wide default. Right. Now they still can get healthy themselves, and that's maybe the saving grace for the White Sox. Yeah, they got some really good players. Yeah, they don't need to make trades. No, because they got a couple of heavy hands.
0: Yeah. Although Trevor's story wouldn't hurt if you can bring (laughs) him over. And then what you
2: move Anderson to second? Second
0: base, I would guess. Okay. Keep, you got to keep, yeah. Story's going to play short. Now we put Anderson at second, mm-hmm. um, and your and your team's going to get better. But here's one. Here's a concern about this team. The, uh, the 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 guy at the front of that rotation, Giolito. Since the uh, sticky stuff has been uh, outlawed, mm-hmm. he's not been himself. He looks like like Lucas Giolito a couple of years ago. And we remember how bad, bad Lucas. He was.
2: he was the worst starter uh-huh. in baseball, and a lot of people, including this one right here. How does a guy go from the worst starter in baseball spin rate to what we saw the right. last two years? And since spin they rate. started cracking down, take a look at it numbers. It, it coincides with it. And his is down like 250 RPMs. It's, I think I, It's a it's a significant yes. number, big time. And not just with the slide. It is every single mm-hmm. one of his pitches. And he's not alone. I do no, want no. to point. Yeah, he's not alone. Um, but, but he's but one of the yes. top. Kind he's of a poster boys. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe Josh Donaldson was on to something. Mm.
0: Now, did, I, didn't he get hurt, or did he? I well, thought probably. He, I, I thought would. he left the game
2: on the weekend, too. I don't know if he played yesterday. I know that they I was watching yesterday, yesterday and six. now that you say that. Well, yeah, because at third, it was uh, Arias was made the final okay, out there. So
0: Donaldson might be out. I Shot think he me. got hurt over the weekend.
2: Well, and Donaldson. You know, because he's rumored to be going to the Mets. Did you see that? But that's a big contract. Well, and that's the thing. So the Twins absolutely could get rid of Josh Donaldson. The question becomes for them... How much to eat. Yes. Mm-hmm. Of the basically $50 million is remaining. Mm-hmm. Is it half? If you eat half, you can probably get mm. maybe a couple of B-level prospects. If you eat more, yeah. you're going to get better prospects. Yep. Do you tie things together? And this is a conversation also with the Cubs because individually, especially for guys that probably are just going to be a rental. Now, Chris Bryant, you trade him to... The Giants. Although
0: Boris said, and I don't know how he's going to try and pull this one off, he said that they he doesn't want to go anywhere. That they are not. It's not known up front that he's they're going to re-sign him.
2: Well, Scott Boris, that's not the way it works. I know it, right? Uh, but he's pretty powerful. <laughs> he is. Uh, yeah. And, but to the Giants, that that maybe their long-term plans are not included there. Mm-hmm. So trade value diminishes a little bit. It's because he's just a rental. Do you tie two guys together if you're the Cubs to get? A better haul. Uh-huh. We put Bryant together with Craig Kimbrel. Okay, there, there, there's the you're going to get a haul yeah. if you're able to do that. Though mm-hmm. Bryant is just going to be maybe a two month rental for that team that yeah, does. it. Kimbrel's got a two year this right. year, finish to this one and next. So you get into kind of that part of it too, figuring out what makes most sense, trying to get the best haul that you do. The Cubs they need to completely retool mm-hmm. down on the farm. What about uh, what about in the manager's office?
0: Are they playing hard for him? I know he, he tried. He got kicked out last night. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the umpire was terrible in the game. The just, just, just awful. The home plate umpire. But he was consistently bad. <laughs> yes. So you knew that if the you know it was Greg Maddox, Tom Glavine, and these guys didn't deserve it. Um, six inches off the plate, he was he was ringing them up. But Joe West was at first base, and he was embarrassed on a fair foul ball that. I mean the chalk trend. <laughs> when the ball hits the the chalk and the chalk boof into the air, it's a pretty good indication that that ball hit the hit the line and it's fair. No, that not good enough for Joe. But uh, so Ross came out and it was a ball that was called a ball mm-hmm. um but that was the breaking point for him and he got tossed out and i i knew what he's trying to do he's fed up to 10 games at the time i think it was two apiece when he got the when he got booted he was trying to do something for this baseball team but it but it backfired miserably um but but is david ross safe i think so do uh, you yeah I, I think it's too early there's too much talent in that clubhouse for this team to be is there that much talent, though? Well, not in the starting rotation. No, not at I all. I mean, Davies is good. Davies is okay. Hendricks is good. Yeah, there's one. There's one. Davies, okay. Alzali, you buy a stock in him. You're going to pay a lot, but you buy stock in him. And then the rest? I mean, Jake Arrieta tonight, what's the over-under on him? Does he get out of the third inning? Get out of it? Get out of the third. No. No. You, you, no. Trent, he's been awful. He took the mound in Milwaukee last week with a seven-run lead and, he and promptly it. gave it up.
2: Arietta, if his name was anything other than Jake Arietta. He'd he, be designated for assignment. He'd be hanging out with Matt Shoemaker, and he would yeah. be looking for another job. Mm-hmm. But his name is Jake Arietta. Open his phone rings. And he gets another, gets a little longer leash. That's all it is, because there are good times with him. There are yes. those bright moments. Oh yeah. And it's a guy that people cheered for for a long time. Mm-hmm. So because of that, he gets a longer leash. Like He shouldn't be a starter for anybody. No, and, not and this one. Can he retool for a bullpen arm late in his career? Can he do that? I don't know. It's difficult. Right. It's really, really difficult to do that. Especially a guy that's had as much success as he has to try to do that. To go from being a four-pitch pitcher mm-hmm. and becoming a two-pitch pitcher and making those two pitches elite, it's a big step up had to do it at this point in his career? No. What we've seen this year, yeah. No. The answer's got to be no. Trevor
0: Williams, you're pumped up about him coming Ooh. back? I can't do it. Anyways, all right. Game one of the NBA uh, final here tonight. Uh, the Suns are favored in the series. You, you think back about uh, the the Suns' path. To the championships, right? Mm-hmm. So they started against the Lakers, they right? They did. Did the Lakers have ever anybody out? I thought Davis missed a couple of games, but maybe I'm mistaken.
2: He did. He missed a game and came back and he was gimpy there. And I think that game six okay. victory, yeah.
0: So the second round, they get by the Lakers. Who do they get in the second round? The Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Jamal Murray, he did not play. No, he did not. They get by the Nuggets. Who do they get in the third round? Well, here come the Clippers. No Kawhi Leonard. So Davis, mm-hmm. Out. Um, who uh, Jamal Murray, out. Kawhi Leonard, out. Giannis. Uh, maybe out. Right. But look at the stars. The best player, arguably. Now, now, okay, maybe not on Denver, but Murray's a really good player. Yes. Um, but look at the look at the guys they've been able to. You know, fortunately, and I get it, injuries are part of sports and uh, next man up, dot, dot, dot. But it's been a very, it's been a fortunate run as far as star power on the other team, not being able to answer the bell.
2: So I found this interesting, though. Seemingly every year, you know, something like this happens and the path opens up for a team that goes on to make a championship. You can put an asterisk next to anything. So, of course, this year, all the stars that you Mm -hmm. just mentioned go back to last year. It was a bubble. And even in the finals for the Lakers, who was playing really yeah. well for the Heat? He, he was. Hurt. Didn't he make the Olympic team? Isn't he part of the Olympic team? I, I think he is. And uh, Goran Dragic was also mm-hmm. out for the Heat in that Finals two years ago. Well, Clay Thompson mm-hmm. and also KD were hurt in yep. that one. 2018 Western oh, that Conference was the Raptors, Finals. Yeah, Chris Paul got hurt in the Western uh-huh. Conference Finals. How different that could be. Kawhi in 2017, 16. Draymond gets suspended for the blow hmm. blow. He's on the Olympic team too. Bogut, who was good at. He was a piece at the time, at the very least. He got hurt. 2015, Kyrie and Kevin Long, Love, both get hurt. 2014, <laughs> now this one might be a stretch. Gabe 1, that was the year that the air conditioning in Miami didn't work. Remember no, that? I remember yeah, that. Yeah, that was a huge storyline really? of the, the heat, and it was heated up in there. No, I don't eh, remember that. That one might maybe is a stretch. Then 2013, Westbrook got hurt in that season. So it happens a lot. Yeah. It happens. But what? every series... Yeah, I mean, just kind of putting it together. Now it's opened up in a big time way. So do you give Milwaukee any chance at all?
0: Well, I want to see it go seven games. Do I think it will? No, I think that uh, I think Phoenix is the right side. Look, I think the Chris Paul storyline is really good. I think that that's going to bring. Is that the big storyline in this final? Is Chris Paul finally getting an opportunity to win a championship? Is that it? Yeah. Right. I mean, Booker's a really nice player. Mm-hmm. We're seeing eight Williams is a nice story. ...grow into
2: mm-hmm. a number one pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he ever going to be the guys that went behind him? Is he going to be Trey Young? Is he going to be Luka Doncic? No. By he, the way, did you see Doncic, what he did for his country in the Olympics? No. He, his team qualified for the Olympics.
0: Where's he from? Serbia? No, I'm I don't guessing. think that's nope. it. But regardless, uh, Lithuania, maybe? Okay. I think Lithuania. <laughs> They showed the highlights of the Slovenia. Slovenia, um, I don't know where that is, <laughs> but they showed the highlights of of the uh, of of the of the game that propelled them into the Olympics. Trent, it was unbelievable what this guy is doing for the for his country, and it's not lost on me as well. What you know, there's there's it's winning a championship for on your team is one thing. I think. It's it's an equally divided. I mean, what would you rather do? Win an Olympic gold medal for your team or a championship team in your sp- or championship in your sport? Would you rather be as, as, as okay for me? I'll do. Mm-hmm. I'll do me. Winning an Olympic gold in hockey or winning the Stanley Cup? I've always been. I'd rather win Olympic gold, and I'm and I'm totally um, in the vote on the other end of it. Right? Yeah. But there's. I think it's like Doncic for for instance. He would much rather win Olympic gold for his country than win. Um, the, the NBA
2: championship. Yeah. When, when you kind of pose it that way, my first thought is, all right, whatever sport it is, mm-hmm. and it's basketball. For basketball, it's not close because they're going to win gold medal even if I'm a great player without it right. with the U.S. Yeah. So that changes it. Baseball, well, nobody really cares, yeah, about, nobody cares right? about Olympic yeah. baseball. So, but then I, I shifted my thinking a little bit. I know your love of your home country, mm-hmm. of Canada. And it's very much how us in Iowa... Love our home state, mm-hmm. so take that same conversation and it's not close. win a national championship for the Hawkeyes or win a title for whatever it is the Bears for me, the twins right It's, it's a not national even close it's not even close no. it's a so maybe it's the same kind of thought process there that you have for your country. that's about the only way because yeah u s basketball gold medal or being on Team X and right. winning a championship. Right. Yeah, it's an NBA championship for me. It'd be a World Series championship for me. You go the other direction, though, go stateside. Yeah, let's win something for the Hawkeyes.
0: You know, just just, just the fact that you know you, you win a championship and there's stuff that comes down from the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: you win an Olympic gold and then you put it up on a, pet, on a podium and they sing your song. Yeah. Right? And individually, maybe that's different, too. Yeah. You think of, like, wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And, and that moment. Gymnasts. Doing it. Yes, there's team parts of it, I understand. But... The individual component and being on that and being up there alone and hearing that nationally anthem, them, we see it year after year. We see just how much that means to those people when they make it. And it's a culmination of everything, the work that's gone into it. A lot of times these are minor sports that don't get the notoriety, sure. but you get to that point. They, they work sacrifice. Just as hard. Yes. <clears throat> right. And you get that chance and to be there and that very poignant moment. With the flag being raised at your national anthem, it's, it's incredible. And one of the reasons that the Olympics, they work every single time, mm-hmm. it seems like. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to work again this year.
0: Yeah, I do, too. I, I, I'm looking very much forward to it. We will give you an opportunity right now. It's time to go for the green on KXNO. Win a $1,000 right now by texting the keyword bank. To 200-200. That's bank to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contact. Bank to 200-200. Scott Dockerman joins the program next. Looking forward to catching up with Doc. Rock Island Independence, the first championship, professional championship in the state of Iowa. I guess they could call it that, right?
2: Of course, yeah. Uh, remember the old Johnny R. Orr stories of him playing for the Waterloo Hawks of the NBA. I do NBA? remember
0: that. Yes, I do. Remember Look at that. all the
2: professional sports that we've had here in our great state. Well,
0: and the the, uh, the photo in the front of the athletic of the piece by Doc. They still got the the ticket windows. Did you see the picture? No. They're they're made of brick and they're they're still standing at the park that the Rock Island Independents used to play their home games.
2: That's excellent. I mean,
0: George Hallis is a part of this piece. Yeah. This is going way, way back to when Hallis is a young guy. It's a really good read. It's long, but it's good. It's historic. Scott Darkerman, who wrote it, we'll talk about it when we come back. It's Miller and Condon on fourteen sixty, KXNO and one hundred six. Back to Miller and Condon on fourteen sixty, KXNO and one hundred six point three FM. Right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Again, the keyword in the 10 o'clock hour, bank 200-200. Bank to 200-200, your chance to win a $1,000. Scott Dockerman's been busy. Uh, he was part of, um, I think there was four Iowa football media members, Kurt, Leistakow, Doc, who am I missing? Rob Howe. Rob Howe. Uh, put together, they they drafted a fantasy team from the Ferentz era. Pretty good exercise, but we'll get to that in a second. Scott Dockerman from the Athletic joins us. Doc, uh, Trent, and Ken, trusting you had a good weekend. I w- want to start with your phenomenal piece on. Um, on really history, right, of the of sports in the state of Iowa in some respects. And, Doc, what I'm struck by in the comments to the piece on the Rock Island Independents who played in the NFL, and what a title back in 1919, is how many people who grew up in eastern Iowa and in that part of the Quad Cities, if you will, that had no idea uh, that this ever took place. Great piece, Scott Dockerman.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Ken. I really appreciate it. And uh, what I would start with is just how um, it, it was intriguing to me my whole life. I mean, looking up even when I was little, I used to look up a lot of the uh, the old uh, NFL standings, and I saw Rock Island Independent. So I always knew they were there. But I had no idea anything about them, and and there's really there's really no markers there. There's no. Uh, they, you know, there's like one guy who's kind of a local historian that kind of celebrates it a bit, but it doesn't really get a lot of traction. So the more I dug into it, the more I found that it was just, uh, it was a fascinating slice of, of NFL history and therefore American history. Um, and to, to just to see some of the things that I found most fascinating would be, of course, uh, playing the Chicago Bears and how heated that yep. rivalry was. Uh, then you look at, uh, the fact that, in the first NFL game, they hosted it, you know, and you could kind of play like non-conference games because there's so many different uh, in like independent teams. But they also held; uh, they had an African American that started and played the entire game at end, and um just you know they have their series record against the the Cardinals, which are now in Arizona, but then we're in Chicago and in the Green Bay Packers. They have a winning uh, record against them, so it's got a rich history. Five pro, uh, all of Hall of Famers that played for them. Um, it was just, it was really fun to dig into it.
2: With that, Doc, it's uh, it's really fun to go down these lanes. We were just mentioning the Waterloo Hawks of the NBA. Johnny Orr played for them back, I think, in the 40s. Maybe it was the 50s. Regardless, you know, you kind of have these connections and the stories that go back there. Papa Bear Hallis, he's a part of it. Hall of Famers that, that are a coach. part of it. What was something though that you unearthed that just completely shocked you? What was the one you that opened your eyes more than any?
1: Probably the 1919 season that, uh, when you look back, that they were they held their opponents scoreless in every game but one, and they they lost that game. But then uh, they tried to play the Canton Bulldogs, which were kind of a you know a prominent team back then, and uh, and then how the uh, Canton Bulldogs, which were led by you know. Uh, Jim Thorpe, uh, who who needs no introduction, Mm -hmm. and and Ralph Hay, who, uh, you know, organized the first meeting of the NFL, how they basically chickened out, that they had the opportunity to play but then they saw what Rock Island had done to teams like Columbus and Akron and said, yeah, we disbanded our team, we're not going to (laughs) play, after they'd already agreed. And then they they actually were going to give them, you know, up to $7,000, which back then would have been like, uh, you know, $700,000 guarantee or something, and uh, they still refused to play, and uh, then both teams kind of claimed the mythical championship back then, and, uh, you know, Canton is more or less recognized as such by an undefeated record, but let's face it, if they would have played Rock Island the way that they uh, decided not to, to do that, even for a lot of money, um, I think Rock Island would have won and and their place in the NFL history might have been a little bit more prominent.
0: You know what uh, struck me, Doc, was um, the, the the ticket price two dollars for a ticket, which on the surface, I mean, two bucks, right? But back then, that had to be a lot of money to get into. I mean, when I was reading the piece, I thought maybe what it's a quarter to get in or ten cents. Mm-hmm. Um, but two bucks uh, and the, and there's a lot of folks that didn't want the refund when that game was canceled and, and wanted to carry it over uh, the picture in the as part of the piece that struck me because I love old stuff I love antiques uh, the ticket booths uh, that are part of the picture uh, to the park where they play Douglas Park were those original
1: doc do you know mm-hmm. wow. Oh, yeah yeah that was kind of the lead to my story that they're the one those two ticket booths are the two things left standing from the original, uh, time period. And, and like where they played, was it kind of in the outfield of the semi pro baseball park, which the quad city 76ers play at now. And, and so just the, the only relics left are those. And it's just kind of interesting because you'd have such a, it would, for me, there, there's enough standing around in that area that I think rock Island should probably do a better job of promoting it. Um, they have like a vintage game every year where they dress up in the old uniforms and p- compete. But like this year, it's September 11th. Um, it's a Saturday. I mean, locally here, you've got Iowa State, but you also have college football. It's during the pro season. Uh, that's not going to generate any eyeballs outside of the quad cities. And even then, probably very little. So I, I, I think those ticket booths, they need to do, uh, they need to invest quite a bit of money in there to make it just make it memorable because if so many people in the quad cities didn't know about it at all let alone the details that i tried to describe um, i think they need to do a better job of educating them and celebrating their history because it's certainly a prominent piece of uh of nfl history
2: well you can learn more at scott doctorman's piece at the athletic and uh well about the price of getting in to a game back there, two bucks, Yeah, you can get some of those deals at The Athletic happening seemingly month after month. With that, Doc, let's jump into, well, not even the here and now, because we're still looking back at history and the Kirk Ferentz era. So, as Ken mentioned, you four, you, Rob Howe, Chad Lystico, and Tom Caker got together and put together what turned into a podcast, what turned into an article for you, the all-Ferentz team. We talked to Tom on Friday. He said he has the best team. I'm sure if we ask Rob or Chad, they'll say the same. And uh, we don't even need to ask you. You had the best team. But your takeaway, which was a very fun exercise and a very long listen. People had long Fourth of July drives. They were able to pump out a lot of miles listening to you guys talk.
1: Yeah, there was. It was, it was a lot of fun. It really was. I mean, we were able to – you, you kind of go through, and you, you notice right away um, the tiers of players and – that there's a, a, a huge upper tier, like, because we did offense and defense. We didn't mix them together. We just kind of, uh, did them in two separate takes. And, um, you know, you, there, there's so many really good players, and then there's a little bit of a drop off, and then there's others. Uh, you know, there's position priority. I know I really placed a high premium on defensive linemen and cornerbacks and on defense. And, uh, it, it just kind of the general fun of, and then we were kind of reliving some of the moments with, uh, some of these players, and I, I know one that kind of cracked me up was I think the first linebacker I took was Pat Anger, and I said, well, I'm the one celebrating here because I'm not the one that's going to get punched in the face <laughs> 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 from Pat, when Pat sees all you guys. Uh, but uh, this was, you know, a, a couple things that I think I, I learned from it is, one, um, you know, there's, there's definitely a quartet of quarterbacks that seemingly stand out. And one of, and it doesn't include Nate Stanley. And I think mm-hmm. you know, that's not a really a surprise, but you do look at Nate's statistics and you think, wow, I mean, he's thrown for the 13th most touchdowns in a Big 10 history with 68, uh, won three straight bowl games. And yet he doesn't crack the top four. Um, you know, there's kind of a, a glut of different, um, wide receivers and, and running backs that just can't cra- uh, break through. And, uh, you know, I, I think generally that, um, it just shows the depth that I was had over this 20 year period 20 plus year period and um and there yeah there's going to be all kinds of fun discussions along the way as to who won and who did not
0: you know there's a couple of names doc uh, on this list that uh what if right um obviously on the offensive side of the ball tony moyaki i i thought he was going to be an absolute star in injuries even in his college days uh he just couldn't stay healthy and the other one is drew watt i would have loved to have seen drew watt uh, get a legitimate chance at the, at, at the NFL, and injuries never allowed him to do that. So those two, and it's a list, really. I mean, uh, just the players on this list and the NFL careers, a lot of them have had. Uh, but those were two. moyaki certainly should have been amongst the you know, the, all the great tight ends that we're now talking about that uh, that played at the University of Iowa. I think he would have been on uh, part of that list, very high up at that list, with the Dallas Clarks, with the Kittles now, obviously i think fant and hawkinson are on the come and i'm sure i'm missing some but drew ott was a name to me that i would wish he would have been able to you know to get there and see what kind of an impact he would have played on sundays
1: sure absolutely you know drew ott was you know that just that he was uh it, it was a shame to see what happened to him because he did have those oper- those he had the ability to get there he had the ability to be a mid-round draft pick probably, you know, maybe even third round, second round and possibly uh, really had, if he would have been in the NFL, I think if he was healthy, he'd still be in the NFL. He was good enough. Would he have been a pro bowler? I don't know. I, I think he's probably in that, you know, maybe the Chauncey Goldston area where he's uh, a really good quality starter and and uh, you know the quality player for a team, and um, yeah, that the what if there is, is a killer. I would say you know Moyaki was probably at the next level, certainly more, even more of a what if because he had immense talent. Mm-hmm. I think of the ta- of the tight ends, you know, in all honesty, I think he had the most talent out of any of them. Mm-hmm. He was a bona fide five star by by twenty four seven, and uh, just had, possessed everything you would want, every skill you would want, and then one other that was kind of on the uh, discussion list and didn't make it was Jake Duzzi. Um I wrote about him last yeah. year and he's just, he also would have been a, a great NFL player. And even three years after all of his injuries, he got drafted by that, uh, uh, what was it? The AAC or whatever the, the league mm-hmm. was, the, uh, a, the, the, amateur or not the amateur the the professional football league in the spring got drafted by the Birmingham franchise and just had to eventually shut it down because but he you know he probably had the best speed out of anybody and that includes George Kittle so those three in particular you think what if especially on the next level
2: going through the defense and just the stars one thing though that jumped out to me so many defensive linemen so many defensive backs but the linebacker group really outside of Chad Greenway. Mm-hmm. You know, Christian Kirksey's carved out a nice career, yep. but not the same kind of success as those other two position groups. Any theory, any reason behind that, Doc, in your mind?
1: Well, yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, I think you look, you first you look at kind of overall speed, yes. and at the next level, speed is what is essential to, to being able to play that position now. I mean, it's not girth, it's not 245 pounds, it's playing you know uh, smash football and and i i wouldn't say that there's a you know uh, there's not a downgrade at, at that position group by any stretch but it's not as important as getting a pass rush and be able to cover the pass. i mean you want if if you need a premium player it's a defensive end it's a cornerback or even a defensive tackle uh for yeah and so i think when you look at iowa's guys uh you know they've had some quality NFL players. I think Anthony Hitchens is one. He's been in there for a long time. He's mm-hmm. won a Super Bowl. Started in another. Um, you know the Neiman's. You know Ben Neiman has played in a couple of Super Bowls. Greenway's the one that's had kind of lasting power because he went to a couple of Pro Bowls. Uh, you know uh, this uh, Kirksey, as you said, has is, is been a really good player, but not maybe an elite player, uh, and, uh, and injuries have played a, a role there. So I, I think that's that's probably. Fair, because considering Iowa's just done a really good job of building a lot of their then developing a lot of their line play, and maybe not, you know, getting those top prospects at the linebacker level that I think is is probably impacted a little bit at the NFL.
0: Who's the most dominant player at his position on this list? I know my guy would be. I'm anxious to see if you guys come up with the same one. Most dominant Bob in the.
1: Sanders.
2: Yeah, I mean he was defensive player of the year, right? Uh, I didn't choose him. That's a really good. That's buddy. my guy, and it's more than anything, it's the the quote that lives in infamy with me when Kirk said, and I'm just paraphrasing here, Scott. Maybe you have it, but it's when like your when brother your brother shows. Yep, anxious. it's when your big brother shows up to the street fight because yeah. it he changed Iowa football. Mm-hmm. Whose years? Can you get something different? Marshall Yanda, Marshall Yanda, NFL player. Yeah, that's what I mean. Second team All Big Ten. Yeah, think about that. <laughs>
1: Right. Well yeah, and Marshall was uh you know, he was he was unfortunate on and he was on a team that finished six and seven at Iowa. Yeah. Um he he's obviously at the next level right. was the best player of the Ferenc era. I I think, you know, because I think he is I mean, he was a, a unanimous player of the decade in the two thousand tens which pretty much certifies you as a Hall of Famer. Right. And I don't know that anybody else gets in. I mean, it's such a difficult standard to reach. But uh, at Iowa, and that's how we tried to do it. I mean, Chad kind of went with more NFL-ish than I did even. Mm-hmm. I tried to keep it more to Iowa. Uh, and uh, I, Bob Sanders was the most important player of the Ferentz era. Yep. He would have been drafted number one if it would have been in a, a combined offensive defensive draft. Set the tone, set the tempo, mm-hmm. set it... Everything he did, practice, workouts, everybody tried to match what he did because he did it, uh, uh, you know, 100%, use your, know, uh, you know, the whole time. And so everybody from Chad Greenway to Jonathan Babineau to, to Sean Considine, everybody watched him work out and felt they had to compete as hard as he did. And then it elevated a defense to be one of the probably the top defenses in the Big Ten over the last 20 years.
0: Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Doc, uh, you had a busy week. Uh, You keep pumping out that content. uh, Two terrific reads. I'm glad you guys got together, that quartet of Iowa media uh, that uh, did the exercise that we are just talking about uh, and your piece on the Rock Island NFL history. It it was great. It really was. It's a long read. How long did it take you, Doc, to put it together?
1: Oh, my. It took me... uh... It took me quite a while. I mean, with pieces like that, what I'll do I do this time is probably back in January, mm. I started researching it. And I spent, you know, a day or two, not 24 hours of the day, but a couple hours each day, you know, really just looking back at some of the stories, seeing if it was worth taking that next step and and putting forth the effort to, to do that and and i and so I would say that almost exclusively over the last week it was probably at least a forty hour project and then wow. you throw in some of the other things and then they' to top it off like a beautiful in the middle and I had to use an old laptop that it, it took forever and it slow and it was just this monster but uh you know after it's it's over you know you feel kind of you feel accomplished in this case it was probably more so just simply because it was like a, you know the analogy, and I won't say it's physical, but the analogy you use is it's it's kind of like uh, giving birth, and that's the labor process. <laughs> and uh, don't tell me about the labor; just show me the baby. But you know, of course, I will not compare that to a physical pain. Because it won't or, go well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it won't my go wife well. will let me <laughs> put that
0: one down. <laughs> uh, your piece last year on Karis, you followed that up, I think, almost a year to the day with this piece on the Rock Island Independence. Can't wait for what you got coming out July two thousand twenty-two. No pressure, Scott Darkerman. Uh, great. Great. Great piece, great read. Thank you for coming on. Uh, We will uh, talk to you next week, Doc. Well done.
1: All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on.
0: Thank you. Scott Dockerman. Uh, if you haven't read, if you don't subscribe, uh, again, there's always, as Trent said, mentioned deals mm-hmm. uh, seemingly monthly uh, to uh, to join the ever-growing list of subscribers at The Athletic, and I hope it stays the same. I know that there's some rumors out there that New York Times is yeah. was uh,
2: kicking the tires on purchasing and apparently has backed out. And that, that's kind of alarming. Um, well, and you look at... New York Times once owned Vox, and then SB Nation oh, was a part of that. Did they? I didn't know that. Did yeah, they? Yeah. Wow. Uh, then there was a lot of cuts that came out of that. So by speaking of the cuts, the Chicago Tribune's got like a third left.
0: Once they were bought by that, uh, what are they a hedge fund that mm-hmm. bought them? Just, just brutal. Speaking of media wars, how about the Rachel Nichols-Marie Taylor story? Yes. That's a year old.
2: Did you know that? I Not until I read it in the New York Times. Likewise, And I had read my full uh, monthly- Well, I didn't read it in the Times. Yeah. Where did, I don't remember where... So I had to do the make a f- fake email account, sign in <laughs> that way, did going you? cognito mode, because I just wanted to read the whole thing. Yeah, and, yeah. And when we got the first paragraph, and I'm seeing everybody talk about it. Well, that's what you got to do sometimes. Not good.
0: No, it's not good. It's not a good
2: look. Did but you this see her thing, apology, Rachel Nichols, I did, yesterday? I did.
0: Um, well crafted. It was. I, I kept waiting for the. There's a base hit to left. <laughs> Tom Prediman. Yes. In the middle of his. Um, yeah, you, you can't. No. It's a year old. Mm-hmm. How did they keep it under wraps that long? It's did a great they? question. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. We'll take a time. i come back and finish the hour. Matt Snyder. A lot of baseball conversation coming up. Matt Snyder will go around uh the majors with Matt and then uh Randy Wayho from the Iowa Cubs. They are back home. They've got a big naturalization ceremony. There will be a number of people who woke up this morning as citizens from another country, but will go to bed as American citizens tonight. Pretty cool. Miller and Condon, fourteen sixty KX and oh one oh really clean until it's zero res clean. welcome back less than three weeks nfl training camps will be open trent oh i like the sounds of that doesn't that sound good sounds so good we made it man well we're not quite there yet but we're inching our way to it every single day all-star break next week saw that otani's gonna pitch and uh hit love it that's something right this is pretty special what he's doing right now if um what what I mean, Babe Ruth came into the league like that, too, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't see that, but that's his history. But then he saw pitching. Right. Is that going to be Otani's case? Then is he, he stopped- so gifted
2: with the bat in his hand? I mean, at least the majors. How old is he? 27 or 8. By the time he gets to 32?
0: Maybe he- even before that. Yeah. you got to have that bat in the lineup. I mean, as good as he is every – because he didn't pitch every fifth days. And didn't, it wasn't good the last time out. Right. But the um, Angels
2: struggle so much for pitching. That's
0: true. That's true. They need maybe arms more than they even yeah. need bats. They need something that franchise because yeah. they got to the two most well, two of the most exciting players in the game, and year in and year out, they just don't matter. Donnie
2: pitches tonight. I just looked. Trout, uh, he's got to be getting close to back, doesn't he? Um, don't know. Uh, last update, he's on my fantasy team. Another reason that I'm wondering. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did hit on the field yesterday, so back happening there, looking like still multiple weeks away from a return. They say though. Yeah. We're going to be a while. Uh, we will talk
0: more baseball to kick off our number two. Matt Snyder from com Is tonight the night of that golf event? It is, isn't it? Is it tonight or I tomorrow? I think it is. Oh,
2: I thought it was tomorrow for whatever reason. Well, Mel, maybe you got me thinking. Maybe you are right. At 7th and 8th? No, I don't know. Now we got to check. Uh... We'll let you know to kick off the hour. (laughs) So uh, that's a good. Stay right there. It's not a good tease,
0: Trent, but I hope you stick around (laughs) because we'll talk baseball. One hour to go 1460 kicks, no 106.3 FM.